Good morning, and welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church. It's a joy to see you gathered here this day for worship, and also to know uh, that many of you are worshiping with us online today. If you would, take a moment and register your attendance on the pew pad at the side of your pew and place that sheet of paper in the offering plate later in this service. And if you are worshiping online, be sure to leave a comment so we will know who is with us. Three ways that you can connect with First United Methodist Church this, in the coming days. Next week, the United Methodist Women on Faith will be having a luncheon. At, at 12 o'clock on the 9th, you can find more information in your newsletter. Also, the, this coming up this month in October will be our fall festival on the 25th. Miss Catherine needs cupcakes and candy, and she'll be sending out information about how, how to receive that. Also, uh, our bishop will be having a day in the, the district, the Mountain Lakes District, on the 9th, and she'll be leading worship at Sweet Home United Methodist Church at 6 o'clock. All of you are invited to attend that special time of worship as she speaks about the future of the North Alabama Conference. In a moment, Eric Wright, the chairperson of our board and stewards, will come forward and speak to you about the emphasis for this month, uh, New Beginnings. But before he comes, let us prepare ourselves for worship with prayer. Heavenly Father, what a beautiful day it is to worship you. It is grace to be in your presence today. And we just ask that you help us to be fully present, to sit at your feet, and be renewed in your love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Eric? Thanks, Sherry. So Isaiah 43, 19 declares, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I'll make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So today starts our generosity new beginnings. Uh, over the next five weeks, we're going to be examining how God can use us, our resources, our prayers, our worship, our service, and our witness to foster something new in our lives and at Gadsden First United Methodist Church. Um, this is a time of dreaming, envisioning, and looking forward um, to 2024 and what lies ahead, helping us prepare for future ministry. Uh, you should have or re will receive information in the mail uh, about this emphasis. If you don't, just reach out to our church office and they will let you know, um, they'll help you get that information. Um, this Sunday, our focus is on hope. So in your handout for worship and in the pews in front of you, you'll find a prayer card asking the questions, what are your hopes and dreams for the future of our church? Uh, you're invited to consider this question uh, and pray during worship and through this week. Um, and after you respond, place that prayer card on the communion rail during communion or out in the interactive prayer station on the in the Chestnut Street lobby. You can do that today or come back later sometime this week. So you're encouraged to visit this prayer station uh, to pray and read some of the dreams that others from, your, from our church have uh, for the future. So thank you.
standing as we affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence you shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. You may be seated. As we move to our time of prayer, offertory prayer, uh, I remind you that in your pew, at the ends of the pew, there should be prayer cards. These cards ask the question, what are your hopes and dreams for First United Methodist Church? I ask that you hold that question in your heart and hold that question in your being as we continue worship together. You're invited to write that down and respond, bring it to the communion rail and communion later in the service, or hold on to that card and bring it to the Chestnut Street Lobby as part of our interactive prayer station today or later this week. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all those who give their resources to give witness to you. Thank you for the gifts given so that many might know your love and grace. I ask that you bless them and guide us in their use for your glory and for the coming of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. You may be seated. As we go to our morning prayer this morning, uh, just a reminder, on first Sundays, we ask that the children stay in worship and not participate in, uh, we don't have children's church, and that's because we value children here at First United Methodist Church, and we believe that they are an important part of our worship. So as we come together to Christ's table, it is wonderful to know the body of Christ is all ages and everyone comes together in that time of, of worship. Let us pray. O oh Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. You are our hope and we trust in you. God, thank you for your holy presence here today and, and the opportunities and the possibilities and the hope that we have in you. And because of that, we can face trials and tribulations, and we just pray that your grace would be with those who do face such. Uh, because of you, we can know forgiveness of sins, and we ask that you forgive us when we fail to do your word, uh, do your will. And because of you, we know that we can give witness to your love and grace and help us to be witnesses for the power of that grace. We pray your blessings upon those gathered here, those on our heart today, our community, our nation, and our world. This we ask in the name who taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
it's my hope and dream for our church that we have a new ex- a new level of excitement and uh, connectivity, and people are just so excited about being a part of our faith community that we have a, a wide range of ages and different places in people's faith journey that they know that they have a place at our church. And then that builds and it extends out into our ministries outside of the walls of our church where people can come, uh, plug in, and then go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus out in the community. And that, that becomes what we're, we're known for in our church. That's my hope and dream uh, for Gadsden First. New beginnings are already occurring within the children's ministry. Several years ago, we came together as a congregation and developed a children's ministry worship space. We meet in the summertime. We have lots of events throughout the school year. We have had over 60 children at our vacation Bible school this summer. We have lots of fun family events. The children attend every Wednesday and every Sunday. And more recently, we have developed a team for Sunday school classes and have brought that back up again. And it's exciting. My hopes and dreams for First United Methodist Church is that the children will fill these halls with love and laughter and they'll learn to trust God and believe in their faith and grow. And when they become an adult, they will always know that they are welcome at Gas and First. I'm hoping for First United Methodist Church to be a welcome church family for everybody. I want everyone to feel included and be part of this wonderful church family. new to me equates to excitement. A new school year. I was a teacher, remember. A new calendar year. And even maybe a new car. Those are all exciting things that happen in our lives. And they allow us to put the past behind us if we need to and move forward. And that's exactly the direction that I think First United Methodist Church of Gadsden is moving. Onward and upward with these new beginnings at our church. We have new families joining us, individuals joining us, and we also have new classes that are available. All these things are exciting. And with all of our members praying for these programs, supporting them with their gifts and with their talents and their time, then I'm confident that First United Methodist Church of Gadsden will continue to thrive for years to come. And I'm so proud to be a part of it. Those were just some of the hopes and dreams of your fellow church members as they envisioned what their hopes are for First United Methodist Church. So this month, during October, we're going to be looking at new beginnings through the lens of the 43rd chapter of Isaiah. Over the next few weeks, I encourage you to spend some time reading that 43rd chapter and studying it. I believe you will be enriched and you will be better able to plug into this series through your study of the 43rd chapter. This generosity emphasis of new beginnings looks at what new things God is doing through us as a church and us individually. How is God taking our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness to do a new thing, to reach others for Jesus Christ? What new things are in store for First United Methodist Church and what new things are in store for your lives? Now let me offer some background on the 43rd chapter of Isaiah before we begin today. 
Isaiah has pronounced judgment against God's people. They have chased idols. They have been unfaithful. But the 43rd chapter declares a new thing. The people have reaped the consequences of their unfaithfulness. But God will not forget his covenant. He will restore them and redeem them. He has not forsaken them. They need not be afraid. God is there. This is the message of hope that Isaiah brings through this 43rd chapter. I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah 43. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 3a. And then we will be looking at our focus verse, which is Isaiah 43, 19. That's Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3a. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And then continuing with verse 19. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this word of hope and your presence with us today, God. And as we look to your word, I pray that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So remember the question, what are your hopes and dreams for First United Methodist Church? What new beginnings do you see for us? New beginnings are exciting. Like Harriet, I particularly love the new beginning of a school year. There is something wonderful about sharp scissors, about crisp fold. Now that sounded kind of morbid. I didn't mean it the way it sounded. I think I said shiny scissors in my script. Um, crisp folders, the smell of new paper, and sharp crayons. And back in my day, it was that big box of crayons with the built-in sharpener. All those possibilities ahead. I love the start of a new school year. So many opportunities. Now for you, the exciting new beginning may not be the start of a new school year, but it could be a new year, a birthday, a holiday, some other event that launches something new. What new beginning do you cherish? And we should cherish new beginnings because every new beginning is a hope and opportunity. And that is what Isaiah is saying here. It is a passage of hope and opportunity. Israel will not experience the consequences of their disobedience. God will redeem them. They should not be afraid. They are God's children. He has called them by name. And while it may feel like the floods are overwhelming them, God is there, reminding the Israelites of their exodus through the Red Sea into the wilderness and eventual promised land. And while it may feel like the world is burning down around them, God is there. God will not forsake them. God is present in their lives, and in this, they can have hope. Isaiah is reminding the people of the hope they can have in the Lord. Did you hear this word of hope in the focus scripture for our emphasis? I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
As these words resonated with the people of Israel, so they resonate with me. I, like you, have been through situations where I was afraid. And it is powerful to know that I am God's child called by name and that I need not fear. I have been in circumstances where it felt like the water was rising and the fire was coming. And to know that God was with me gave me hope. It is powerful to know that in our darkest times, God does not forsake us, but we are beloved children of God. From Isaiah, we have this ultimate promise of hope and restoration. But we should have that promise with us every day of our lives. For we who follow Jesus Christ are Easter people. And in the resurrection, we have hope. At my first appointment, the, my fellow staff members used to call me Snow White. And they did so because they said I was too optimistic. I was like a Disney princess trolloping through the woods with birds landing on my fingers singing tra-la-la-la-la. I look back in that time and perhaps I was optimistic. And it hurts my heart that I've experienced some bumps in the road and now I'm a bit more jaded and not always so optimistic. But we should always, as Christians, carry that optimism with us. We should always be looking for God to do a new thing. Because when God in Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he did the ultimate new thing, putting an exclamation mark, reminding us that the worst thing will not be the last thing. In Jesus, we always have hope. Jesus died a torturous, horrible death, but we know that was not the end. The resurrection came, and from that, we can have assurance that God is, is working a new thing in our lives and in our world. Jesus' resurrection is the cornerstone of the Christian faith and why we as Christians should be hope-filled God's promises are true. And I should always be hope-filled, and I see it in you. Just in my three short months of being here, I've seen some of you experience trials and difficulties, and it has been amazing to see how God has been with you in those trials and difficulties, how he stood with you in the most difficult times. And I've seen the way you've grown in faith and are using your gifts to spread the love of God in Jesus Christ. And that gives me hope for the future of the church. And I've seen that First United Methodist Church is a beautiful church, not just physically, but spiritually. You are the bride of Christ. And it gives me hope to see how God is, is working through you and in you and the blessings he gives to this community. I think about those children who fill the halls with laughter every day of the week through our ELC. The ladle of love on Fridays where people receive food. The clothes closet where people receive a warm welcome and dignity as they get clothes. And ministry after ministry our children, our youth, Bible study, all the events that happen here bring me hope because this is evidence of people using their gifts to glorify God. I have hope that God will use our prayers, our presence, our gifts and service to be the church, to make a difference, to bring about the new thing, to bring resurrection and life to people who need the love of God in Jesus Christ. So it would be arrogant of me to say the exact new thing that I think God, where God might be leading us, because I've only been here 90 days. Some of you in this congregation have been in this church longer than I've been alive. And you have a vision, and you know this church well. But I cling to that scripture from Isaiah. God is doing a new thing. God can do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? 
So what are my hopes and dreams for this church? I may not know the specifics of what's next, but, but I do have hopes and dreams. My first few days of being appointed to First United Methodist Church, I was scrolling through Facebook, and someone had shared an article that was the worst 10 cities to live in in Alabama. Gadsden was on the list. It was based on crime statistics, poverty, and services offered. And, you know, that, that list didn't scare me. It didn't scare me to be appointed here and make me regret my decision. But instead, I saw it as an opportunity. And my ultimate hope and dream for this church is that we move the dial. We have an impact, and we can impact this community in such a way that we're not one of the worst cities to live in in Alabama, but one of the best because people know restored lives, people have opportunities, and people have hope in Jesus. And my hope does not stop there. I have hope in the church. People say that Christendom's over, the church is irrelevant, the world's becoming more secular. I don't see it that way. I think the church is more relevant and more needed than ever. And I have hope that the church can deal with the issues that our world faces and that we can be Jesus for the hurting and broken world. Not just this church, but all churches can be the answer to the message of a hurting and broken world. And I have hope that you're part of that as well. I said last week, and I will say it again and again, that we are part of the priesthood of all believers. You are a minister of the gospel. And my hope is that you minister to this community and our world, and you take your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness, and you use those to glorify God and make a difference. It is awesome to consider the opportunities which are before us. God has provided us with some mighty opportunities and we don't have to go to Africa or Asia for the mission field. The mission field is here. And we can use our gifts to make a difference. So that's my hopes and dreams for First United Methodist Church. So what new beginnings do you see? Dream big, First United Methodist Church, because we serve a big God. I was ordained by Bishop Robert Fannin. Now some of you may have heard Bishop Fannin, I believe he preached here a couple of times. And Bishop Fannin was well known for every uh, time he addressed a crowd, he would always start it with, I should, I should probably say it to Ken because Ken probably knows, it's a new day, North Alabama. I want to borrow some words from Bishop Fannin. It's a new day, Gadsden first. God is doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And I cannot think of a better way for us to experience that new thing than through the liturgy of Holy Communion together. The words of the communion liturgy are, are on the screen or on page 12 of your hymnal. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. 
Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Amen. And now, if you would join with me in the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, broke it, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ and one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, our honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. At First United Methodist Church, we practice open communion, which means that all people are welcome at Christ's table. If you uh, seek to be in loving relationship with the Lord and ask for forgiveness of your sins, you're invited to come. You are invited to come. So I would ask those who are serving and leading in worship to come and be served first, and then the ushers will direct the others of you to receive communion after that. So as the choir is coming, you'll receive at the communion rail. You're invited to stay in prayer, and then you will be dismissed together. If you have difficulty coming forward for communion, we would be glad to serve you at your seat. Just let an usher know.
If you would, just you can leave them at the communion rail or take a moment and go by the interactive prayer station at the Chestnut Street entrance and place it there. And now, if you would stand for the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>